And now, through the magic of the Cybernet Space Cube, the computer enhanced stories of the Transformers. It's Iacon Underground Radio. We okay? Everybody okay? Everybody ready to go? Alex, you ready to go? Sure, why not? Are you ready to go, David? Yes. Okay. All right. Hello, and welcome to Iacon Underground Radio. I'm Jen. I'm Alex. And I'm David. And welcome to the first episode of our new news podcast. Uh, we, the, the three of us. As opposed to our old news podcast. Yeah, well, you know, that, that would be the one where we cover, like, our, our thoughts on BotCon 2001, and that, that could actually be kind of interesting, but we are not doing that. Yeah. We, in addition Unless to- Unless you back us enough on Patreon. <laughs> that, that could we be a goal. Gotta set that up first, but yeah. Uh, we, in addition to our friend Rob, are also involved in the Stasis Pod podcast, where we discuss episodes of Beast Wars, uh, an episode a week. Uh, but we have decided that also news is a thing that people like to talk about, especially with Transformers. Uh, we sort of uh, had been blending a little of that into Stasis Pod, but not all news going on right now is Beast Wars related. No. Uh, so we're spinning off into this separate weekly podcast. Uh, just a little bit about each of us for those who don't listen to Stasis Pod, uh, which is, you know, it's it's a good podcast. If you're into Beast Wars, you can listen to it, but there may still be some truck nut monkey people out there. Uh, I'm, I'm Jen. Uh, I am Trickster on Twitter and elsewhere in the fandom. Uh, I've been involved with the fandom since, like, the G2 days, doing fanzines and stuff. I took a step back for a little while, and I've been getting involved with stuff again. Uh, like I said, the, the aforementioned Stasis Pod podcast uh, among those, as well as just tweeting random garbage on Twitter, mostly. Uh, David, if you'd say a little bit about yourself. Hey, I'm David. I'm, well, sort of newer to the fandom, kind of. I I was around during G1, but I never got into the fandom. I came back into the fandom when, oh, hey, they're going to make Transformers movies, and everything was weird and confusing, but hey, toys, yay. Uh, I'm Strange4 on Twitter and pretty much everywhere, and I edit the show. Yes, yes he, he is our the, technical producer. You do all the unsung work and are amazing, and thank you for that. Yes. So Alex? I'm Alex. I'm AWA64 on Twitter and Tumblr and any forums that I post on. And I've been part of the fandom since around 2001 when I went, holy crap, they're doing a Unicron toy. I need to have this and then started looking into stuff online. I was a fan before that, but kind of didn't have enough internet access before that to be part of the fandom and I've also managed to stumble into being something of a toy designer. So I have experience from that point of view in the industry as well. Yeah, that's... If you're looking to hire an industrial designer, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> and that's often a, a good perspective. I think a lot of uh, news sources don't always get is, you know, an insight into the actual design process. Yeah. Well, you did mostly deco work on classic stuff, was it? Or something else? Uh, it was animated and Revenge of the Fallen Era, but I wasn't sure I wanted to bring that up. Oh. I'm okay with saying I'm a toy designer. I wasn't 100% sure I was okay with saying, oh, I worked for Hasbro at one point. 
I was an intern. I didn't <laughs> yeah, he was a lot of responsibilities, intern. and I'm trying not to be the. Oh, I was insider, so I have insider knowledge. Well, it's not that, not that you're, you're deep inside. You, you were never Aaron Archer, but you, you were you were there at one point. I mean, it's I was it's never good. Aaron I Archer, but I did walk with Aaron Archer out to lunch at some points. <laughs> I, I think it's good to establish credentials, uh, especially with the new sources, so so it's known exactly to what degree we're talking out of our asses. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I I was involved with 3H back in the the old BotCon OTFCC days, uh, which isn't the only reason why I'm super salty at Fun Pub, but but it helps. <laughs> yeah, you guys have done things for the fandom. I haven't kind of have produced podcasts. Yeah, every once in a while I clean up things for that Monzo wants me to clean up for the wiki. Yeah. Take the background out of this character. Yeah, okay, I can do that in Photoshop. <laughs> it's, it's contribution. I do that from time to time as well. And now the news. Don't touch that dial. So our our news this week, uh, I guess the uh, first little bit of news is that there are season, uh, there's a Robots in Disguise season two trailer and Rescue Bot season four trailer. Uh, I think the biggest news about these trailers is really just that they announced that those seasons were definitely going to happen. Yeah. Well, I didn't know about Rescue Bots, but it, like, it, it seems like a big gap between Robots in Disguise Season 1 and, and this trailer, to the point where I wasn't sure if we were getting one. I think it's really interesting that Cartoon Network is not exactly putting its full weight behind Robots in Disguise. Yeah. Because the last show, Prime, was on Hub, and that was a big push on the Hub because it was a focused show. Well, even, I mean, Cartoon Network could have done better by Transformers Animated towards the end of that, too. Yeah. Cartoon Network could have done better by a lot of things, not just Transformers, but even, like, WB shows that weren't explicitly Cartoon Network. Yeah. They're so I'm kind of about that. I'm kind of surprised that, I mean, the Robots in Disguise cartoon, uh, and we discussed it on Stasis Pod, it, it was good, but it never really added up to the sum of its parts. Uh, it it was very sort of episodic in a way that really didn't give much of a, a payoff, either in story or character development, uh, but it was fun to watch. So I'm kind of surprised that with the schedule that... Cartoon Network gave it, I'm surprised that it ever got the traction to get a second season. Kind of. I mean, at least Rescue Bots, that's still showing on Hasbro's sort of former Discovery Kids thing, isn't it? I don't know. I believe so. <laughs> I, I've never, I watched one episode of Rescue Bots then. I've, I've watched some Rescue Bots. It's a good enough show. Uh, I don't have any little kids. I've got two little nephews, and the last time I tried to introduce the older one to, to Rescue Bots, he really couldn't comprehend why you would want to make truck into truck man. <laughs> because it was it was already a truck, and therefore like the, the platonic ideal of a toy. And why would you want to make it into truck man? Uh, so... <laughs> So, uh, so I haven't really been, I mean, it's a fun show, but yeah, I haven't really been keeping up with it enough. Uh, I don't currently have a proper cable provider, so. Though that does make me wonder, 
as far as people not having proper cable providers, I wonder if these, I wonder basically how these shows are doing digitally. That's a good question that, well, they probably don't yeah, give numbers about digital anyway. They don't give digit numbers on digital comic downloads, so we probably would have no way to find it for internet shows anyway. Yeah, I wonder if this is... Oh, yeah, is, that's entirely internal. I wonder if this is an indication that it's selling well enough on, you know, iTunes and Google and every other place that people can get kids' shows. I wonder if that means that it's doing well enough through those outlets that they will keep making it, even if Cartoon Network keeps putting it on at 6.30 in the morning. Oof. I think the Which thing is, with both RescueBots and R.I.D. is that it doesn't matter how well the show does, it matters how well the toy lines do, because they are, and not as a criticism of the actual content of either of them, they are toy commercials. Yeah, I mean, they, they are to sell toys. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I I felt like with Transformers Prime, especially because the toy line, even the toy line came out so far afterwards, it really felt like, with Prime at least, they were treating it like a show first, and then maybe a toy line, not secondary, but maybe 1.5 in dairy or something. Yeah, like, like, like yeah. But would get toys you know, that, of di- guys who died after an episode or two, and then we wouldn't get guys who showed up later until later. Robots in disguise is full of people. Much... Where's my filch toy? I want my yeah. filch toy. <laughs> robots in disguise have all the too. I mean, maybe that's the yeah, point of right. robots in disguise for them. Is it sort of a incubation ground for for new toy ideas? Kind of. Well, it, it seems like they're focusing on the Autobots because the Decepticons are Monster of the Week. Might as well be Power Rangers animal villains, kind of. Yeah, it's so just we're lucky that that's to get a, any guys. That's a really odd. That's a really odd way to do it if you're doing it as a toy cartoon. It kind of. So. It kind of is the first time Transformers has really done that in a way. Yeah, because normally the Decepticons are solid individual character. I mean, not to say, I mean, the robots in disguise ones are definitely, most of them are very interesting and unique, but I mean, it may come down to sort of the, the Power Rangers sort of thing where only the good guys really sell. So we'll make these bad guys characters who are interesting, but we're not really going to bother making toys for them. They're really just there to make the good guys look good to give the good guy someone to fight. Yeah. That has been kind of the conventional toy industry wisdom for a long time, that bad guys don't sell as well as good guys. Which, to be honest, is kind of mostly the way Transformers has always sort of seemed to be the exception, and G.I. Joe to an extent. Somebody should have told that to all these people doing all this Kylo Ren merchandising. He's the new Darth Vader, but this is not the Star Wars podcast as much as we... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I need to make everything come back to Kylo Ren, guys. He's he's my, my angsty emo baby. But yeah, so we have new trailers for new shows. I don't know anybody who's new in the Rescue Bots because I don't watch that show. But for Robots in Disguise, Optimus Prime is there and he gets a desert camo and everybody else like sticks a sword in the ground and hey, they're still there. Windblade! Hey. Windblade does seem to be sticking around yeah, more Windblade is still significantly. There. I, I hope she gets a better toy this time. 
Well, it's fine. She's getting a Legends. There's no confirmation of her getting, what is it, Warrior Scale? The deluxe size ones? Yeah. <laughs> the once $10 ones. The next way might be in $20, depending upon where we are. Yeah, my target is terrible with that. Uh, but, but yeah, so hopefully, yeah, she'll get a little Legends toy. And I, I, uh, the one she has is, I mean, it's okay, but it's so fiddly and it's so hard to get her to stand up properly. And then she's got all these little bits and, uh, it's kind of a pain. Yeah, a simpler wind blade yeah. is on my wish list. It, it would, I'm looking yeah. forward to the Legends. Yeah. We can hope. We can hope she's a main character. Maybe should. Maybe we won't get just three different colored versions of Bumblebee. <laughs> and and also in the next season, still Drift and his babies. I love Drift's babies. Ah, the babies are okay. <laughs> Problems with Drift. More strong so, arm. Yes. Cons. A better More strong so, arm. I want strong arm to show up in IDW. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that would be great. So other news. Uh, there have been. Some various uh, Combiner Wars leaks, possibly, probably leading up to Toy Fair. So one of those looks like it's going to be Lyokaiser. Oh, it's definitely, well, it's most of Lyokaiser. It's, um, oh, what were the limbs? Can you remember? Uh, I think there's Hell, I... um, Drillhorn. The, the two leg guys and the two arm guys, but the torso was... A remold of Skylinks, so yeah, I yeah. As as I mentioned, I I go back a ways, and I went I go back a ways to the point where Japanese Transformers was just like this straight. It was the apocrypha that in the UK comics were like apocrypha, and they were just this magical, strange thing. And I had a handful of like. 12th generation VHS dubs of four Victory episodes. So I have this this massive soft spot for Victory in my heart. <laughs> and I actually sold my my G1 Lyokaiser gift set to buy a new laptop. And I I have strong feelings about getting a new Lyokaiser, but on the other hand, Skylinks is just not sexy enough to be Leozak. Well, he's just not Tiny. Well, I'm not even sure if it's Leo's because I don't know if they're remolding it to transform into a dude or if it's still going to be a beast. Yeah, that's. I mean, he's Leo's that colored. He's that yeah. teal. But but yeah, I mean, is he going to be like some sort of weird shuttle dactyl thing? Or, or maybe it'll be like Deathsaurus sort of because that guy's well, to a beast. I mean, he's definitely Leo's that colored though. Yeah. Well, it, he's yeah. Teal. In combiner mode, because we've only seen a picture of the an art rendering of the combiner mode. I guess that's true. So you're thinking that they may redo Skylinks into some kind of death source. Yeah, like he transforms into a dinosaur thingy that becomes a space shuttle that becomes a torso. I don't know, man. It's just, it's not right. It's no, not it's, right. it's a Leo, <laughs> I'm finally getting a Leo Kaiser I can own, instead of spending hundreds of dollars for the original one. I could have sold you mine for twelve hundred dollars. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> I'm I'm happy with well, how much do we even? We probably don't know how much the gift sets are going to be like. Somewhere between one hundred and fifty. Well, that that does bring us to another bit of news, which is that there there are also uh, leaks that appear to be Computron. Yes. 
And what I've heard about that is that that may be actually looking at a hundred dollar price point. Oh, oh, wait, how much was a hundred dollars? Does sound about right for a gift set at this? How point. much was G two Superion? Because that came out recently online. Uh, that one was a little more. One hundred and fifty. Was that just an Amazon exclusive, or it was it, like it was a, a combined thing? I think it was like Amazon, Big Bad Toy Store, and Entertainment Earth, or I think it was ah, at least so. three different websites. It was an online exclusive, though. Yeah. MSRP for the Generations Combiner Wars Superion Collection Pack is uh, 99.99. Yep. Oh. That's what Amazon shows, so oh, oh, I want that so bad. Okay. I that. want the slingshot who clearly chose to disregard their agreement that they were going to go with blue, red, and silver. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I just. Silver Bolt being like, we discussed this slingshot. <laughs> and he's just but like, I was hanging out with Kanye. I couldn't <laughs> not get gold plated. Ah, uh, slingshot! It's so great. I I have a I, I have love you too, slingshot. For for those who have not had to endure me, I have a huge soft spot for the aerial bots as characters, <laughs> and I love that that's entirely of of. The aerial bots. He is the one who would do that. <laughs> He's the jerk. We have so, a uh, team. and he does stuff. So yeah, and that hundred dollars. Look at it wrong. A <laughs> hundred dollars for the ones that are just all, you know, standard ones. Uh, though that does come with yeah. the, the little power glide. So. Yeah. But yeah, that does seem to be about on par. I know that one doesn't have any remolding, so I don't know what that says about the... Well, there there was already a scattershot released in some form. Yeah, it came out with uh, Onslaught recently. It's, it's remolded, but it doesn't seem to actually have a lot of paint on it. It's mostly just red and white. Mm-hmm. So if that's just going to be the same... You know, computer, the same scattershot that's in the Computron gift set, then it's not like any extra resources went into that. So maybe, maybe Leo Zack is just going to be a teal Skylinks and I'm going to no, cry. I think there were actually some things in, in the toy art that looked different. It was hard to tell what different. The head's definitely different because well, yeah, Skylinks just a- has an animal mouth head where, where yeah. Leo Kaiser has a Voltron face. It's got like the lion head on top of a normal face. Yeah, which is pretty much what original Leo Kaiser's head looked like. He had like basically like a lion helmet. Actually, it was pretty much literally a lion helmet. It was the back of Leo Zack's head with this the the only separate combiner part that Leo Kaiser had. All the fists and all the feet tabs and everything went into their you know, they're separate components. The one separate piece was this teal helmet that went over Leo Zack's head. And it was just this lion themed helmet. So, uh, so yeah, it does look like it has that head. Uh, also in Combiner Wars, uh, there was a big fuss about how Blastoff is a jet now, except in some places, apparently he's not. Yeah. In Japan, we've seen grainy little engines, slightly better images of the, they, like they did with a Groove, they made an entirely new mold for Blastoff, and it, they tried to make it look a heck of a lot like his cartoon model, and his cartoon model is weird. 
Yeah. He's, he's yeah. got the... It's, like, it's very uh, strange-looking robot mode. Yeah, he's got the jet engine feet and the weird purple chest thingy that came from nowhere on the original toy. <laughs> I'm on that subject, the Computron... I mean, I haven't looked real close, but it does one of the... The picture that's great because whoever got these pictures obviously wanted to go for maximum drama. Uh, so they like chopped it all up and made them all grayscale. <laughs> and uh, one of them does appear to be like a motorcycle arm like Afterburner. So yeah, which is that, probably that, just a remolded groove slightly. Yeah, which, you know, itself was one of those Japanese exclusives. Yeah, and uh, the nose cone is just, well, what is big horn, which is just brawl with a drill attachment. Yes, because, you know, drill tanks. Drill Drill tanks are a completely ridiculous made-up thing anyway. Yeah, and Japan loves them, and and I can't fault them for it. I'm always disappointed they do the, uh, like, what you'd expect a drill tank to be instead of what the actual drill tanks have been, which are drills in place of treads. Yeah. Well, the, the problem just, with actually... That's actually a real thing that was done in Russia because snow is crazy. Oh, oh, uh, oh, that's what you're talking about. Yeah, they and they can also kind of go aquatic, wouldn't they? Probably, yeah. They go over ice water, I think. I don't know. Anyway, but yeah, it's like they're trying to make like mining drill things which look like a tube with teeth on the end and instead you get a tank with a little drill on the front, which... <laughs> That's not how it works. That's not how drilling works. It's like a tank that fires drills. That's not how tunneling works. So yeah, it looks like there there is at least going to be a a shuttle blast off available. So that's that'll be exciting for people who like combaticons. Yeah, if you want it to get a new dude mold, sure. I got a. I'm terrible for talking about combined wars. Because I already got my aerial bots. Like, they, they front-loaded <laughs> what I wanted, and so now I'm just like, eh, whatever. I got my aerial bots. I got my slingshot from Japan. I'm set. I'm good. The, the advantage of uh, Blastoff's colors is they look good on pretty much any toy. So sticking him on a Harrier, he's fine. It was always yeah. weird he was a shuttle anyway to me. <laughs> it was weirder in G2 when he was a shuttle with purple camo <laughs> so no one could see him in space. <laughs> yeah, bright oh, I love purple camo. <laughs> I have a fondness for the G2 Combaticons that I probably shouldn't. They're so great. They're colors more purple than the rest of G2, so... I love that purple camo is their unifying theme. (laughs) Just a bright color and purple camo. (laughs) I get the feeling they were designed by the Dreadnoughts. (laughs) Yes! That's that's about right. Grape soda camo thing. So, so uh, speaking of bright colors, it uh, looks like there is going to be a re-release of Classics Megatron somewhere. Yeah, I, I think it's actually already out in the Philippines, was it? Somewhere? Is that it? I think it was. Or was it's it re- very bright. Yeah, it, it's the Classics gun, Nerf gun Megatron. In, well, yeah, I am shocked that that Megatron has outlasted the uh, Nerf gun on which he was based. Yeah. 
Oh, he's all, he's coming packed with yet another version of that classics Optimus mold, which is like the thirteenth version of it, I think. <laughs> it's a decent mold, but yeah. And, and there's also what is it, the Rodimus and two Junkions? Yeah, there's there's yet another classics Rodimus, which coming with some Junkions I already have for a love. I don't need more. <laughs> in, in a planet of junk. I need a new mold Rodimus, guys. Come on. Nice, tall comics Rodimus. Give it to us, please. Uh, I want comics Rodimus so bad. Uh, there's also been more pictures of the uh, the masterpiece Optimus Primal. Woohoo! Do we have any scale hey, monkey. on that? Hey, monkey! I don't think so. Like, but, um, weren't, like, the most recent masterpieces, like, the Wheeljack one, wasn't that, like, just barely above the Lux scale? Huh, I figured the Wheeljack would just be the same scale as all the other cars. Well, I don't exactly know what scale. The, the only pieces <laughs> I have are Soundwave and Acid Storm, so I think everybody else is shorter I, than that. I I have the Rodimus yeah. on my Rodimus shrine, which is right right above <laughs> my desk. Hail Rodimus. Uh, and uh, other than that, I... <laughs> so, so we mentioned me and G2, so the other one I have is G2 Sideswipe, which is brilliant. <laughs> Uh, No, I I don't think we've gotten an official scale on it, but I'm everybody's been speculating it's it's small. It's like big deluxe. Hmm. Like maybe. Yeah, like deluxe size, but more parts than a deluxe would normally have and more mass than a deluxe would normally have. Right. How big was the original one? Wasn't the original one like between deluxe and Voyager scale ish? the, The very original one. The, the original, original Optimus Primal was like, I don't know, like a foot tall. He's what? pretty big. Really? <laughs> yeah. Okay. They were like, I didn't realize it gosh, was I, I don't want to commit to size classes here because they've all gone just totally off the rails since then and inflation and all, but they they were sizable toys. Let's they were Google big that because the foot sounds way too big. I'm holding my my hands up here, ten inches to a foot or so. Do that, Google Foo. Yeah, okay, the, okay, the original. Wow, big. He's almost a foot tall. Yeah. Yeah, he was. Or at least... Hey, I've, I've been going through my collection, selling stuff, man. I've had my hands on a lot of this stuff. He's big. Yeah, because he's bigger than than the Crumple Zone mold that was the Botcon version of Optimus Prime line. That sucker's big. Yes. He was ultra size class originally. Okay. Except for the original original one, which was a basic bat. Well, yeah, not not counting the bat. <laughs> uh-huh. Yes. He's ultra size. He's ultra scale. So his original so, toy is gigantic. I I have no idea what the size of the masterpiece is going to be then. Who knows? Because I mean, that, all the all be smaller the than that. Yeah, all the masterpiece toys have so far have been based on. I mean. Not Star Saber, because Star Saber was based on crazy sci-fi fancy spaceship thing. But most of them have been based on, like, I guess even the Star Saber was based on, like, a, a set scale. Yeah. Whereas, like, the cars are supposed to be in scale to, like, the Optimus Prime and the Jets and... Which, they're I mean, definitely not in scale with the Jets, but they're closer than the original yeah. G1 toys, which were... But, but yeah, so he's a gorilla, so... I mean, if they made... 
<laughs> as a gorilla in scale to the cars, that wouldn't be very big at all. So he's going to have to be a scale all by himself. But yeah, yeah I'm curious what size he's actually going to be. He's got a good monkey face on this new toy, though. Totally. That changeable monkey face. Monkey faces. He's got like yes, he has multiple monkey faces. He's like the Blitzwing of monkeys. <laughs> yeah, he's got like neutral, angry, and happy. He, he's missing the the Gary Chalk no face though. <laughs> does yeah. he have a dad face? Does he have, does he have Barra dad face? I think that's a smiling face. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> so, uh, uh, last piece of. Actually, it's a lot of toy news right now. Uh, last piece of toy news right now is actually convention news, uh, which is that uh, apparently Fun Pub has announced that they are going to have, for the first time, a golden ticket exclusive toy. And the last time. <laughs> because Fun Pub are... I, well, yeah, Fun Pub, this is the last BotCon run by Fun Pub, and possibly the last BotCon. Allegedly. Is that confirmed yet? No. But it's... Really? It seems all it's signs not confirmed are in a concrete way, but it's kind of like everything they're doing now has a disclaimer that's like, yeah, everything ends after this date, which is next year. So, yeah, well, I, I think it seems like the writing's on the wall, but they haven't confirmed anything. Yeah, yet. the the rumor mail has churned out. There will never be any more botcons, but there might be another convention, which means I, mean, I remember talking to Aaron Archer at botcon like five years ago. And he was saying that, you know, BotCon was really just sort of such a side niche for them now because they get more people through their booth at SDCC yeah. than they do at the entire show at BotCon. So it's, it was really something that they were just sort of letting continue rather than being really enthusiastic about. So it may be that the yeah. new management at Hasbro has decided that they just don't want to bother with it, especially as Fun Pub has been a PR disaster. Yeah, and I guess the Comic-Con stuff has been easier to get over the last few years, if you don't attend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they put it up on Hasbro Toy Shop. Yeah. That stuff is actually produced by Hasbro. Uh, it definitely tends to be more like, I guess, targeted more towards a wider collecting audience. It tends to be less niche than uh, the convention stuff. Yeah, it's... Yeah. It's really mainstream characters reimagined as a rock band instead of characters only fans as dorky as, of, as us have heard of. Or better decoed, more painted versions of things that are coming out in stores for a little bit more, like my Devastator. Yeah. Which has chrome, which I'm slightly afraid of, but the rest of it looks nice. <laughs> At least it's not Linkin Park Soundwave. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> Oh, I've just, just become so numb bomb. to that. <laughs> just a time bomb. So, uh. So it's boring. Dude. So, yeah, so they're doing. So the golden ticket thing is you, like, pay an extra couple hundred dollars to get, I guess, an extra Legends class toy from the sound of it. Well, yeah, it wasn't it like you get into the dealer's room early and you get first online for autographs and stuff, was how. Yeah. I think they only started doing it a few years ago. Like yeah, yeah, and it's basically it's only popular with the people who do it. Yeah, who can afford it? <laughs> it's one of those things where the people who do it like it, and everyone else just hates 
or just, just doesn't care. In general. But but this time yeah. it's like yeah, they're making an exclusive, a more exclusive exclusive toy. Yeah. Come with it. Are you a rich asshole? Buy this so you can cut in line. Yeah. Uh, which was it, it annoying harkens, and with, but it, it harkens back to uh Botcon ninety six's dealer exclusive. Dealer Which maybe if we're lucky it'll just be like one of one of the existing exclusives with a little gold tampo on it. Well, I, I think it's supposed to be a legend. Oh god, what if it was Onyx Primal? <laughs> <laughs> that would be beautiful. Oh, even better, what if it was just Leftover Onyx Primals from BotCon 96. I was, uh, well, from one previous BotCon, they, they know that they got a, they've lowered prices on their website for many things because it's their last year. They gotta clean out the warehouse or whatever. Yeah. 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 So, oh boy, if, if you really super completist get, gets a couple extra hundred dollars ready. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, so that, uh, it for the news. Well, um, there was a picture of the cover of the BotCon box, which showed Predicus all formed together, which we've seen before. And in the corner, there was a red jet, which had a face painted on the nose cone. What? People are thinking might be Pterosaur, maybe. Does it have like a, a like a dino face on the nose cone? Because that's pretty adorable. Yeah. Uh, wait a minute. Let me find it. But the the weird thing about it is is it doesn't look like one of the combiner mold molds. It looks like a classics seeker. It's says uh-huh. F fifteen and there's no F fifteen combiner limb unless there's a remold that hasn't been used yet. So that that it's confused. either the artist painted the wrong jet, hopefully, or we're getting yet another classic seeker. Hmm. Well it would be in keeping with Botcon under fun pub tradition of using the classic seeker mold until it turns into Swiss cheese. Which is have all the seekers. Let or, me take a look at that. Uh, because hmm. what other mold could it be? It can't be a masterpiece. They wouldn't sell a masterpiece at Botcon. Uh it kinda looks like Skydive. Skydive? Yeah. You know, the aerial bot. Yeah, but he's got swing <laughs> wings. Well, it, it could no. be a weirdly drawn skydive. I'm hoping that's what it is, because... No, it, it looks like skydive's vehicle mode. It okay. does look like his wings. He does not have the swing wings. Yeah, no, he's... Air Raid has the swing wings. Is it an F-14? Or F-14? <laughs> this is the part where I know things about aerial bots and expect everyone else <laughs> to know about them, even though that's entirely unreasonable. Oh, yeah, At this point, point, I'm just curious if the uh, BotCon 2016 story is going to be based on Pulp Fiction. Uh huh. How so? For them to go full <laughs> BotCon 96. I was saying skydive, right? Yeah. It's skydive. Yeah. Okay. Who's an F-14? Well, it could be. It's just it'd be nice to have a red pterosaur that's a jet for no reason. But, but anyway, oh, um. I think they said most of the rest of the con set was going to be G1 guys, not Beast Wars guys, I think. Don't quote me on that, so this may be bad information. Yeah, that's clearly Skydive. Okay. Just looking close, just the little bits that are the top of his shoulders, and sadly, 
he is not he does not appear to be the G1 secret mold. Even though that would be great. No. No. It would be hilarious if they just you know, put out this this entire combiner set except <laughs> randomly there was also a classic seeker. Well, I think th- I think it was that they said that everything is a combiner mold except for like one thing. Mm-hmm. Or it's from the Combiner Wars line except for one mold that isn't. Mhm. Which yeah. <laughs> just classic seeker. Mm. Oh, yeah, use that one last time. Ugh. Finally, my, my arcane knowledge of the Aerobots pays off. It was bound to happen someday. <laughs> what blessings the Combiner Wars have brought to me. <laughs> All right, so are we ready to move on to our fiction review of the week? Yeah, I'll have to probably try a bit of that because I just bullshit it. <laughs> So our recap for the week, uh, the only fiction we've got out this week is uh, Sins of the Wreckers number three from IDW Comics. Well, the comic came out last week, but it, it wasn't Sins of the Wreckers. Oh. Yeah. Well, yes. And so far, this seems less like Sins of the Wreckers and more like just Sins of Prowl. <laughs> Prowl, man. Prowl is the worst boyfriend. <laughs> I'm just I'm putting that out there now. Prowl is the worst boyfriend. Yeah, because like, didn't he used to be close to Chrome Dome too, and that was a bad relationship or something? Yes, yeah. he's Chrome Dome's asshole ex. Yeah, which I I can appreciate. Uh, he's also so apparently yeah. Tarantulas's asshole ex. Yeah, yeah, as we find out. Uh, so yeah, through the last couple issues, uh, we have been hinted uh, there's been a character who has not appeared on panel but who goes by the name Mesothelus. I, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. I may need to pronounce it with an Irish accent, though. Mesothelus? Yeah. <laughs> Which, it, 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 it's, it's another word for a spider. It, it's another um, species of big tarantula-like spider. Oh, I did not know that. Also, he was using a lot of spider, like, I mean, he had Prowl trapped in a web. <laughs> giant, yeah, the giant web is yeah. a big giveaway for me. <laughs> giant web was also a pretty great he giveaway. kind of telegraph the whole thing. Also, in the second issue, a lot of Beast Wars characters, by which I mean people who were animals. And by people, I mean Cybertronians who were animals started showing up. Yeah, there was, um, oh, what is this, Squid? I have the Squid, I can't even remember his name. Lodja. Okay, Clawjaw, um, was it Carnivac was in there? Who, yeah, though he was not, ori- he was originally a pretender, so that was pretty cool. Yeah. yeah I also loved Tidal Wave being a whale. <laughs> yes. Yes. That, that was a nice surprise. Yeah. There was Stampy. I like Stampy. I don't know, I just, I Oh, like that was Stampy. so good. He's a rabbit. Uh, and Polar Claw. Bunny runs off with important flash drive. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And dives into the water. And then uh, yeah, I, uh, you have to die after him, and there's a giant whale. <laughs> I, I also appreciated Polar Claw's presence because I, uh, as as an American who only again sort of got 
the UK comics is this sort of apocrypha. I, I tend to associate it heavily with like the Earth Force stuff where it was like at the North Pole and they draw polar bears because Simon Furman actually really likes polar bears. So I feel that if you really want to to channel that that UK Transformers comics feel, put polar bears in there. Yeah, it was just such a surprise that so much Beast Wars in, is in here because well, we had a Beast Wars planet show up in the Windblade comic recently mm-hmm. called yeah. was it something I can't remember. Uh, Eucharist. Eucharist. There was a bunch of Beast Wars guys. They were more like trans metal beasts. And to suddenly have Nick Roche just dump, hey, here's more Beast Wars on this is like, okay. It's, it's interesting. So, okay, yeah. so the recap. Uh, it begins with flashback of Prowl coming into, <laughs> going to get this wrong so often, Mesothelis's, uh laboratory, uh, which is apparently surrounded by a radiation moat. So Prowl has to have on this, like, awesome exo armor. And uh, Pearl is coming to inform him that a uh, a bomb that he had him manufacture had worked properly. This this bomb was intended to basically frame the Decepticons for it existing. Uh, it was intended to blow up, and basically everything about the bomb was traceable only to the Decepticons. So the Decepticons would be accused of war crimes. Pearl is a terrible person. Uh, Prowl is having second thoughts here uh, when Mesothelis wants to show him one last thing, his his latest invention, which is the noise maze, uh, which has been where, uh, you know, in, in use in the present story. And uh, quick, quick reminder, where is the name noise maze from? Um, I, wait, wasn't that a Japanese? What was it? The sound wave? The Cybertron Soundwave, I think. Yeah. It was Something. the name of uh, Sideways and Cybertron, I think. Like in the Japanese version. But in in this case, it is a literal, like, senses overloading maze sort of thing. So it's, it's a bit more literal, but I like that reuse of, yeah. of the name. And so and we... It kind of ties into Tarantulas being related to Sideways via Unicron, too. Oh yeah, it was sideways. Okay, it was a... oh, he does sideways. look slightly sidewaysy here. Uh, at least Armada sidewaysy, the sort of purple and motorcycle bits. Yeah, but but yes, as as the the flashback ends, we see Prowl basically Prowl's having second thoughts. He's thinking maybe he wants to not be a terrible person. Maybe I should kick this mad scientist I accidentally created into his own invention. Yeah, that's that's basically how the flashback ends. Yeah, I, I uh, used this giant bomb that killed like 400 innocents. Maybe I shouldn't be working with this guy anymore, even though I just apparently set off that bomb. Yes. <laughs> Good job. Good job, Prowl. He's the worst boyfriend. Uh, so we go to the present where Verity... And a contingent of wreckers, uh, in this case, looks like Springer, Roadbuster, RC, Hubcap, uh, as well as Clawjaw, are in the noise maze. Uh, Verity is not affected by it the way the rest of them are. Then we uh, we move on to where Mesothelis has Prowl all webbed up uh, yep. and is, is dangling the uh, text of the Aquatus trials in front of him. 
and talking about Literally. basically basically he wants he wants to uh to patch things over. He wants to get back together. And, and he's Can I take a second and just I love yes. that the actual wreckers contribution to this issue is realizing they've made a horrible mistake and suffering for it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's well, about right. The issue is the tarantulas talking to Prowl and telling him, Hey, my new name's Tarantulas. I'm a giant yes. fighter. I, I would like to note that uh, we we are recording this as of the Sunday before this issue is actually released to the public, and there's already porn on Tumblr. So thank you, Tumblr. <laughs> Good job. Good job, Tumblr. Wonderful, horrible Tumblr. <laughs> it's, it's pretty messed up. Yeah. So, yeah. So uh, Tarantulas reveals himself as Tarantulas, which is easier for me to say because I'm accustomed to it. Yep. He's yeah, basically, you know, talks to Prowl about how they they inspired each other. Prowl would come up with these terrible ideas and Tarantulas would actually create the horrible scientific realities of them. And, you know, he he wants he wants to get back into that again. And he seems to have an obsession with showing Prowl something naughty, which, again, there's already porn of this comic. Yes. Which which is great. I mean I can absolutely I, I can absolutely imagine Alec Willows delivering all of this. There's not quite as much just mad cackling laughter. Yeah. Does he actually laugh at yeah. anything in this issue? I don't I don't think he does. Oh, which which feels very wrong. Because I well, I was reading the comic and the Tarantulas' voice was very clearly Alec Willows in my head. Everybody else was like I don't remember what even G1 Prowl sounds like, but Tarantulas, at the end of every paragraph that Tarantulas would say, I would mentally add some laughter. Yeah, yeah, that's, you you definitely read the giggle there. Yes, you can just imagine Willow's, I want to show you something naughty. (laughs) (laughs) So good. So, so meanwhile, outside of the noise maze in delightful snowy Alaska, a uh, poor tidal wave is stuck mid transformation. Uh, and, and yeah, it's pretty great how he's pretty much just Armada tidal wave, but a whale. He's wearing a whale. It's wonderfully yes. disturbing. He's it's enormous. Delightful. Everyone is, is fighting around him. And by everyone, I mostly mean cup and impactor and guzzle at this point. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the, uh, the other, Beast Cybertronians are trying to figure out why he's stuck mid transformation. Uh, and I'm there's... curious why all the other beasts have that same different font from everyone else. Hmm. We do that. I mean, it's oh, yeah. probably just Destroyed. it is it is a storied Transformers tradition to have different fonts. <laughs> I guess that's true. Then wants... Guzzle has his own font too. Yeah. G1 just had the, the one font in the square bubbles. And then G2, I think, did actually have separate Autobot and Decepticon fonts. They also had those weird trim details on the left side of speech bubbles. With the colored triangles and things. I, I think a yeah. lot of, a lot of Generation 2 lettering can be explained by apparently Simon Furman is really good friends with Richard Starkings who was <laughs> at, at that point in time completely revolutionizing how lettering was done in comics. 
Uh, so he, you know, got him to make him some, some fancy font work. Uh, but <laughs> yes, I mean, it, it may just be that, you know, just to represent that they are more animal. Yeah, the, the, the lettering is a little stilted and, and twisted, like these things that are animals should not be talking kind of way. Yeah. Yeah, it's all caps, and well, I guess everything in the comics. Is all caps, yes, right? everything in comics actually caps, but it, it's more cap. Kind of, it's there's a lot more bolding in words. Although yeah, probably just because Tarantulas' odd way of talking, he bolds a lot of the dialogue. So, as it turns out, something, which sadly we will come to soon, something is is clogging up Tidal Wave's TCOG. Uh, so they, they, something's being done about that. He's talking to Carnivac and Carnivac tells him just as soon as you're able to go back to bio mode, as he calls it, and get back in the water, uh, which he does. At which points Cup manages to actually relay to Impactor that something is going on involving this Methuselah guy. Uh, at which point, Impactor is like, holy crap. Yeah, so, he reacts every... the way people react to Overlord. Yes. Kind of, yeah, which seems odd. But yeah, Because Impactor wasn't there when Cup was taken over by Prowl last issue, which was weird. Prowl's a jerk. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Prowl is worst boyfriend. Oh, yeah. He, he, here's an old robot I need to fix up. Oh, I know. I'll stick an intercom in him so I can talk through him anytime I want. Yeah. And mind control him. Yes. That might come in handy sometime. So they decide to head back to the debris, which is the, the Wreckers headquarters. And meanwhile, uh, Tarantulas is, has got Prowl webbed to his back. <laughs> Just carrying him around. And is skittering around his uh, his evil laboratory, uh, basically showing him the sights, showing him what he's got going on. He's got... And, and this came up previously, but the entire point of these bio-modes is that they hide Cybertronian life signs from anyone who happens to be looking at them. Uh, so that's nice and handy. Uh, though it does suggest that that he hasn't quite mastered humans yet. Yeah, it was nice that they implied that, but didn't go there, which is also kind of creepy. Yeah. <laughs> this Earth could be swarming with an army of full-size Cybertronians comfortably cocooned in tiny blood-filled bodies right now. It's like, oh, great, thanks. And you see, like, a she's got a vet, and there's, like, a horse and a shark and various other animal shapes. And, a bison and, and yeah, a rat. What? A bison? Yeah, a bison. Something bison-like, definitely. So yes, once once he finishes showing him around, he basically proposes that that they need to be working together some more. I was going to say he, he just wanted... stop at proposes. Yeah. <laughs> he just straight up proposes. It, it, it is a big, basically, I did it all for you kind of thing. It's like, Yeah, look at all this stuff I made. I made it all for you. Let's do bad things some more. Come on. It was great. Yeah. Uh, and uh, with back back inside of Tidal Wave, swimming around through the ocean, 
they they find that sadly the thing stuck <laughs> the thing stuck in Tidal Wave's T-Cog was stakeout. Oof. Oh, uh, poor stakeout. Oh, this yeah. poor little dude. I was really this is this is really going to hurt next issue too because I was really digging the stakeout verity thing. Yeah, you know, they were so good together. Having, having been a young woman, woman myself, really into Transformers, I am a sucker for that whole, you know, young woman hanging out with the Autobots dynamic. <laughs> uh, so he's he's pretty beat up. Uh, apparently he knows Carnivac from before Carnivac decided to come be part of this crazy offshoot. Yeah, apparently they both used to work for Ultra Magnus. Yeah. Seems odd. Then again, wait, was was Carnivac an Autobot at one point in the G1 comics or something? Uh, there was something like that, yeah. He, like, switched... I don't know if I'd say he switched sides, but there is definitely a lot of real interesting character stuff going on with him. Yeah. In, in the UK. Oh, yeah. In, in TFUK comics. So, yeah. So, of course, he's a character, but... Necro should want to use then. So I I'd like stake out saying that the Ultra Magnus missed Carnivac when he defected, and Carnivac's like that doesn't sound like Ultra Magnus to me. That's kind of you to say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, Ultra Magnus. So yeah, it basically Stakeout's pretty much dying at this point, and he just wants Carnivac to keep him company. It's harsh. That's a harsh page. Yeah. Which is uh, so. Meanwhile, is that our first death in this series. Uh, first real sad one. No, but did anybody get blown up in the first two comics? I can't remember. Uh, I guess no one really quite. I mean, they may have like blown up some of the beast characters. Uh, yeah, unimportant, not main characters or. Semi-important beast dudes. This is the first emotionally important yeah. character. Yeah, which, to get which this kind of was the big thing from the original uh, Last Stand of the Wreckers. We'll make you like these characters who haven't done anything before, and then kill them. Yes, uh, I've, I've, man, Stakeout though, man, it's sad. Yeah. yeah. I know. I read someone the saying that they couldn't take Stakeout seriously because they had watched Victory. <laughs> in which he is basically a, the he and his fellow micromasters are basically small Autobot children. Yeah, he's a little child. What? What? Wait, wasn't in, he called Holly or something in Japanese? Yeah, I mean it was a different name, but yeah, still same old dude. So, and else elsewhere, Prowl and Tarantulas are still talking. Tarantulas straight up says, "I want you. I want us," because you know. Prowl is the worst boyfriend. Yeah. And they they continue having great relationship talk that makes me so happy to see in a Transformers comic. Sort of emotional depth is is nice. It's nice. Basically, Tarantulas talks about how you know he was doing what he was doing because he saw the entirety of, of Cybertron civilization and the whole war as being this one big thing to be experimented on. That's what he called the specimen. Yes, the specimen. And he knows I'm I'm sure of course he knows that Prowl pushed him into the noise maze. 
but he he brings that up. Uh, yeah, and basically, the noise maze is basically the phantom zone, and Prowl just chucks him into it. Yeah. And so, Tarantulas has the uh, the logs of the Aquatus trials, which he got from Verity by having Stampy steal them. He's a bunny. And he, he threatens, I mean, he's basically blackmailing Prowl. He threatens yeah. to make all that information public, make these war crimes trials public. War, cri- war crimes trials that were pretty much all Autobot war crimes. Uh, and Prowl says, fine, he, he believes that the Autobots can recover from that kind of blow. <laughs> and he's, you know, not so scared of the repercussions to, I guess, get back into this relationship just for that. Uh, they, you know, discuss again how, I like, as, as Tarantulas is pushed through the gateway, he says, I can't be apart from. Yeah. Can't you be apart from? <laughs> and there's an implication. It could be one of three things. Yeah. It could be the the specimen, for example. He may just be saying that he needs to, you know, yeah. he can't, he doesn't he, want to stop his research. Yeah, he can't be away from his science. He can't be away from Prowl or he can't be away from the thing he was Frankenstein's monster that he made their son Frankenstein's baby yes uh Ostaros I think that's how it's pronounced or something like that Ostaros which a blank innocent little child well old robot but something without a spark (laughs) he just recaps how transmutating yeah it looks like trying for a transmutatish thing but it's more of a generic male body Blank yeah. face. The face is very reminiscent, yeah. I think. Yeah. And the color scheme is, well, not quite the teal and stuff, but... It, it's yeah, a, it is on in a scene of fire, so yeah. the color scheme wouldn't show up exactly right anyway. So Tarantulas gives and a... And Prowl totally murdered it. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then lies about it. It's like, I, I don't think there's any, any chance that Prowl did not just murder that blank robot right there, but he tells Tarantulas that... No, no, I, I, I taught him how to be a normal robot. I, I filled out paperwork and, and, and died in, <laughs> in war. It, it was tragic. Yeah, you know, as what? things do. And they show him holding up, you know, looking at it. And it's just sort of smiling peacefully at him. And he holds up his gun. And then we go back to the present moment. At which point Tarantulas is slobbering all over Pearl. Yeah, well, but yeah, he's he's saying there was no trace of their son. You know, it's, it's, their, it's their son, man. It's their son. But but yes, Prowl holds firm to his assertion that yes, it lived a perfect. He lived a perfectly normal life and died in the war. Yada yada. Even though I, I think we know what was implied there. He's the worst. He's the worst <laughs> boyfriend. Well, because oh my god. It's from what we know of Prowl. Prowl would just kill it. Yeah. I mean, he, he would just, he would want to wipe the slate clean. Yeah. It, it, he, it he would, would be a loose end. Yeah. This, yeah. There's a small chance that it, he actually is telling the truth, or maybe it's somebody we already know who's just wandering around. Is that grown-up version of that child robot? But no, well, Prowl be, just, the, the most likely answer, yeah, Prowl just killed it. That would okay, be an interesting yeah. <laughs> no, that's who Tarn is. Wow. 
That that would be. I don't know if that would be a better uh, a better reveal than Roller because I feel like Roller has been built up enough. It's been foreshadowed so much. I feel like it's a red herring. Yeah. There's that. Yeah. So back in the noise maze, uh, Clawjaw, who has thus far been immune to the noise and is mocking Verity, suddenly is not as immune to the noise as he was before. And then his head explodes. Yes. He's already lost his arms, although admittedly he transforms into a squid, so he's got lots of arms, but now he loses his head. Yes, though, as as Verity puts oh. it, Hubcap made him commit calamari tari. Oh, that, that's, oh that, that hurt when I read that line. Verity, no. Yeah. Verity, no, not the puns. Verity, no, you're not a dad. You can't say things like that. <laughs> yes. So Hubcap reveals that as part of his you know, standard uh, standard array of communications Autobot powers. He can he he was in that case able to uh, to get rid of the defenses that Clawjaw had against all the, the crazy stuff, and it made his head explode. And Verity is like, "Well, can you can you help the others then?" And Hubcap's not so sure about that, and then Verity starts feeling really, really, really sick, and it's like, oh man, I think this might be it, and I'm really not sure what's going on with Verity, guys. I, well, it's pretty obvious she's dying. Well, yeah, but the oh, exact yes. reasons are a bit more questionable. questionable. Yeah, I mean, yeah, she's sick. If if I had to throw out a crazy theory, it'd be because she was traveling with Transformers in space and they don't shield for cosmic rays because they don't have to worry about it? I mean, it's entirely possible it's some sort of cancer. Yeah, most Considering, likely. yes, her her uh, activities. But, you know, I, I early, early on, we're talking like first issue, I was, I was like, oh, God, don't tell me she's pregnant. Don't do that. Oh, don't oh. even do that. That, but then I realized that I would actually kind of trust the current creative team to do a story like that. Yeah, I guess. But so. considering she's saying that this might be it, and she squeezed into her old like exosuit, I'm yeah, gonna say probably that's not it. No, she's yeah, she's dying. Because by the time you're to the point where you're saying this might be it when you're pregnant, you are not squeezing into <laughs> your, your old armor. Yeah, it's kind of obvious when you're that. Pregnant. Yeah, so um, something's something's wrong with her. I think it's going to be real interesting to see whether it's something that's because of the, the Transformers or whether it's something else, whether it's something self-inflicted uh, or what exactly the deal is. So at that point, Hubcap is telling her to be brave hmm. and we cut back to the, the debris. Yeah, where Impactor is digging his own grave. Well, digging into his own grave, which is already there. <laughs> Why does yeah. he have that there? Because well, it wasn't that an earlier issue that the Wreckers build their graves ahead of time because who knows when they're going to die? Yeah, I guess there's that. So, so yes, he's... Why is there a gate to the noise maze underneath his grave? Well, if you're going to uh, bury yeah. something, I guess that's a fine place to do it. Which Fair means that, that Prowl must have taken the gate from the noise maze from the Mesothula's old lab, and somehow Impactor ends up with it. 
something. He could have given it to Impactor and said, here, keep this somewhere safe. I mean, hey, if if you've got something that you're in possession of that you want people to find and take care of after you die, burying it in your own grave yeah. <laughs> is actually a pretty yeah. good idea. <laughs> I, I can't argue with that logic. So maybe he put it there because he wanted to hide it, but he didn't want it to remain hidden after his death. <laughs> it's just That's the only reasonable conclusion. Yeah. Okay. Here, here's another thing. They're in their space base called the debris. Why is there dirt in the grave? In space. <laughs> they put it there. Yes. You know, then it wouldn't I be a honest, grave, it would be a morgue. I, I honestly have... feel like the wreckers get a pass for any ridiculous melodramatic stuff they do. Oh, I'll give you that, yeah. but but the idea of Transformers using dirt in a grave when there's no dirt on Cybertron is weird. Well, you know, they picked up that idea from somewhere. I guess. So there we're to the to the last page now where Prowl still in darkness and he starts hearing voices voices that seem to be confessing terrible things and he's starts stumbling his way out of the darkness and then he finds that tarantulas has at least rc and roadbuster and springer and hubcap and hubcap well Hub, and, hubcap's standing behind him on the throne everybody else is stuck in a confining chair with braces on their arms. Except for Verity, who was hung up by webs. That's kind of worrying. (laughs) But yeah, so he's managed to find a way to project everyone's guilty thoughts. So when you commissioned Aquatus, a computer that could ascertain guilt, I had a vision for what could come next. A computer that would extract it. Your friends have proven more than adequate if less than willing test subjects for impetus. I've saved you a seat, Prowl. Come, I want you to show me something naughty. Cue lots of Alec Willows laughing. Yes. So, uh, so yeah, that's, uh, that's the end of the issue. It's, it's pretty great. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm definitely enjoying this series. Yeah, it's, it's... Stay tuned for next month when Punished Venom Prowl finds out he's not actually the original Prowl. <laughs> Oh, that that would be amusing, but I doubt it. And I think next week we're going to have No More Than Beats the Eye. Yay! 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 Is that issue 49 or 50? Uh, numbers are hard. I think it's... Uh, uh, 49! Oh, it is 49. Oh. Still got 49, and then 50. Yay! Yay! <laughs> when did Prowl lose an eye? I'm guessing when he got captured. Yeah, I think he's been like that this whole series. Yeah, since the first time we saw him hanging upside down, he was missing an eye. Okay, so it happened between the last time he appeared in Adjectiveless and the first issue of Sins of the Wreckers. Okay. Yeah. Uh, wait, was... He got beaten up at the end of Adjectiveless. Did he? No, I guess he didn't lose an eye then, but... hmm, Somewhere along the way. (laughs) I'm sure he deserved it whenever it happened. Oh, yeah. I'm just amused by the thought of Prowl being Big Boss slash Venom Snake. (laughs) (laughs) He's the worst 
Get him used Has to the recap? He's so he like, is a worse boyfriend than Tarantulas, and Tarantulas is evil. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I kind of love that Nick Roche decided to write a sequel to Sins of the Wreckers, and his thought process was, okay, what's more terrifying than all the Autobot war crimes, more evil than Prowl, <laughs> and more terrifying than Overlord? Oh, Tarantulas. <laughs> no, not just Tarantulas. Tarantulas as an old boyfriend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd have to agree with that. That's that is accurate. Uh, All right, so we'll go ahead and wrap up. Figure out an outro. All right, well that's it for this week. Uh, next week, hopefully, we will be looking at more than meets the eye, number forty-nine, and whatever news happens to have popped up between now and then. Uh, in the meantime, uh, this has been Jen. And Alex. And David. And thanks for listening to Icon Underground Radio. Icon Underground Radio is the flagship podcast of the Icon Underground Radio Network. We are hosted online at iaconunderground.net, where you can view links and photos relevant to whatever we've talked about today. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter at IaconUG, and on Facebook as Icon Underground Radio, and on Tumblr as Icon Underground. Music